The world is entering its sixth mass extinction phase. Europe's biodiversity continues to decline at an alarming rate. This is led by humans. It is driven by humans. While it's human-led, AI could help us better understand where we're going wrong. If you look at a honeybee, you know how the surrounding looks. We use the technology in order to create data, which then can be interpreted to derive insights about potential problems. And bolster collective action towards a solution. The transition to a more sustainable future will require billions of decisions by people, cities, governments and organisations around the world. I'm Tom Parker and welcome to the Next 5 podcast, brought to you by the FT Partner Studio. In this series, we ask industry experts about how their world will change in the next five years and the impact it will have on our day-to-day. We're continuing our special five-part mini-series where we take a deep dive into the world of AI. Each episode is focusing on an industry sector where AI is having and is set to have a big impact. This second episode in the series is all about AI and sustainability, with a focus on biodiversity and food systems, where we'll be looking at AI's application and limitations in these sectors. Globally, 1.2 million species are under threat of extinction. This is driven primarily by human activity, with 70% of ice-free land on the planet already being altered, mostly for our own food production. In Europe, unsustainable farming and forestry, urban sprawl and pollution are predominantly to blame for a drastic decline in biodiversity. Johan Rockström, a Swedish scientist and joint director of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany, summarizes the situation perfectly. The value of biodiversity, he says, is that it makes our ecosystems more resilient, which is a prerequisite for stable societies. Its wanton destruction is akin to setting fire to our lifeboat. Europe's biodiversity continues to decline at an alarming rate. This is Faustine Badeforte, Director for Nature, Health and Environment at the European Environmental Bureau, which is the largest federation of environmental NGOs in Europe. Actually, over the last 40 years, uh, Europe has lost over half a billion of birds, which is dramatic. In the context of climate crisis also, it is worth stressing that the climate and the biodiversity crisis are interconnected and that they are feeding each other. So not only we're faced with a biodiversity crisis, but this is also strengthening the climate crisis that we're faced with, and it is preventing us from being able to adapt to climate change. But at the same time, climate change is also strengthening the biodiversity crisis. According to main scientists, we are faced with the six mass extinction, which is quite frightening. But the big difference between that extinction and the previous ones is that this is led by humans. It is driven by humans. And now looking at what is the major driver of biodiversity loss in the EU, actually, agriculture is not just one of the reasons behind the loss of biodiversity, but it is reported by literature, by evidence, as being the major reason behind the biodiversity loss in the EU. It is the largest contributor to that loss. It is the contributor to biodiversity loss through several reasons. Conversion of natural ecosystems into agricultural land, so the change of land use, destruction of habitats for biodiversity, 
intensification of management and use of land, meaning, you know, an increased use of chemical inputs, pesticides, mineral fertilizers, but also monocropping, tilling and release of pollutants. This latest era of extinction in the natural world also comes at a time when we're making giant leaps in an artificial realm. And while AI is no silver bullet, it could help us better understand how to sustainably reinvent our agriculture, farming and food systems. It's well understood and also backed by a lot of evidence and facts that our entire food system is broken and that it is deeply unsustainable. Today, our industrial food system is making us sick, first of all. It is driving deforestation. It is polluting the air that we breathe, the water that we drink. It is driving biodiversity collapse and climate change. We need to urgently move towards sustainable food systems, which support our health, the health of our farmers, protect and restore our natural world, natural habitats, and respect workers. There is a strong role for the European Union that can and must lead this transition. So we need several things. We need to change the paradigm in how we produce from moving away from that quantity focus to quality, from extractive and input intensive agriculture to regenerative and agroecological and circular agriculture, move to farming that eventually work with nature and not against nature and also become much smarter in the way we are using natural resources and all resources uh, in general. Artificial intelligence in itself is not going to lead to a complete rethink of farming practices. We need deeper system change for that, that's clear. That being said, it can help make farming practices more efficient, less resource intensive, less polluting, more resilient to climate change, and that's urgently needed. It can also make farmers understand better the actual needs their crops have and understand better their own farms, providing them with a lot of data. Just to take some examples, regarding biodiversity, what I find particularly interesting is the role artificial intelligence can play in strengthening and foster biological control and therefore integrated pest management, because it can help with the accurate identification of the biological control agents and also help monitor the efficiency of biological control and to make it more efficient and to also avoid certain risks that are associated with biological control. Biological control is the use of natural enemies rather than chemicals to control pests. Think ladybirds being used to fight against greenfly on crops, a solution that is used today. So through AI, you know, you can monitor that and make a better use of biological control, which is a key tool for the change towards sustainable farming and towards the reduction of pesticide use. Artificial intelligence can also support the monitoring of wildlife and help identify species on farmland. And this data eventually help farmers to take the right measures to protect a species that would be endangered and therefore promote biodiversity on their farmland. So this is another very positive and concrete impact that such a technology can have on the fight against biodiversity decline on farmlands. Protecting species is of the utmost importance, not just on farmland. Insects, for example, are an important piece in the biodiversity puzzle and are under threat. One such insect, the bee, is a key pollinator, helping maintain our biodiverse world. 
Well, first of all, you kind of have to be specific when you just say bees. This is Katarina Schmidt, CEO of Apic AI, an AI startup in Germany that monitors bee populations. It's honeybees that most people think about, but at least in Germany, there's like 560 different types of bees. And when we talk about bees, wild bees, honeybees, they are multiplicators of biodiversity. So by flying from flower to flower, they help the plants reproduce. And without this ecological service, many, many plants wouldn't be able to exist. So honeybees, they only ever fly on each trip to one kind of flower. So they go poppy, poppy, poppy. They go home, they go pear, 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 apple, 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 and so on. And that's very special about honeybees because you can't pollinate a pear with a poppy. And this is kind of like this understanding that the entire ecosystem has and um, this like contract between the honeybees and their surrounding because otherwise pollination wouldn't work. And nobody really knows why they do it. But it happens and it works. And if it wouldn't work, our world would look completely different. So nature has been relying on bees for a really, really long time in order to keep up the ecosystem and biodiversity as well. By the end of the century, the World Wildlife Fund predicts 40% of the world's insect species could be extinct. Currently, a third of bee and butterfly populations are in decline and 10% are endangered. The decline in bee populations call for innovative solutions. By leveraging AI technologies, farmers and conservationists can gain insights into bee behavior, migration patterns, and habitat preferences. This is where Katerina and Apic AI come in. So if you look at a honeybee, you know how the surrounding looks. If you see the surrounding, you would know what the honeybee is going to look like. And so that's what gave the idea. And how we implemented it is we built a camera system that is attached right in front of the hives. And all the bees that walk into the hive and come back, they are all filmed. And we detect every single bee on every single frame of the video. And then we track them throughout the camera's field of view. And when they come back, the same thing. And then we also detect certain features that they have. So honeybees collect pollen. We all know that because that's how pollination works. They also collect nectar, though we can't really see it because it's inside of them. But we see, do they find pollen in their surrounding? That's their nutrients for like fat and vitamins and so on. And if they bring enough of that back home, that's a really good sign. If their behavior regarding activity or that pollen collection changes, that's not a good sign potentially. And what we also can do that's pretty new is we can mark bees so they get like a little sticky number on their back so we can detect individuals and see what they're doing and see if there's like an increase in mortality, if there's different recruitment behavior and so on. We use the AI to detect the bees and to track the bees, so to detract the bees and as they walk through the camera's field of view, and then to also assess whether they have certain features such as pollen or a number on their back that marks them as an individual that we already know. And that's the way that we use the technology in order to create data, which then can be interpreted to derive insights about potential problems that substances or environmental factors have. And this is where AI really helps. It can process that data at much quicker speeds than a human could. So to give you a perspective for like one single colony per day, we have 40 million detections. So every single bee is detected on every single frame of this entire video. There's like up to 50,000 bees in a hive in the summer at their biggest. And uh, every single bee must be looked at. So you 
have all this movement, but you want to see this be like Berta, for example, she's, she's walking this way, then she's taking three circles and then she's going back. That's the kind of data that we want to get. And we also want to see, does the bee have pollen? Does it not? And that's kind of like what we do. So 40 million detections, and then you have like 120,000 movements in and out of the hive. No human could look at that. This data-centric approach empowers conservationists, farmers, companies, and policymakers make informed decisions, design targeted habitat restoration projects, and implement strategies that safeguard pollinators and other animal populations. While startups like Apic AI are helping to crunch the numbers on specific biodiversity problems, large organizations can also help better analyze complex data and make it more actionable. So the transition to a more sustainable future will require billions of decisions by people, cities, governments, and organizations around the world. This is Adam Elman, head of sustainability EMEA at Google. And as an information company, and with the breakthroughs in artificial intelligence, AI, and our deep legacy in research, we're building the tools and the solutions that help inform those decisions. So we have, for many years, had a solution called Google Earth Engine, which brings together satellite imagery, lots of planetary data sets, and planetary scale data analytics. And we actually have information going back four decades. And that solution is being used along with AI capabilities, again, helping companies and, and governments and cities around the world with responsible management of natural resources and really helping them assess the impact and the changes to our planet. And actually, if you, you search on Google, you can see time-lapse videos that actually go back four decades that really show the impact of changes to our planet, whether that's negative changes, such as the impact of deforestation, or seeing the positive impact of changes, such as large-scale solar arrays being deployed, how we're helping in terms of biodiversity and natural resources. So Mineral AI, which is an alphabet company, is working to build a more sustainable and productive food system. So the team is joining diverse data sets in radically new ways from soil and weather data to drone and satellite imagery and using AI to reveal insights that have just never been possible before about what's happening with crops. So again, it's really taking these different data sets, taking the information and using AI to really make it accessible and useful. Access to data and using AI models to paint a quicker and more accurate picture of biodiversity loss, climate change and agricultural impact promise significant benefits. But equitable access to data and AI systems is still a challenge. What we've seen is that artificial intelligence is not appropriate for small and mid-sized farms. So it is tailored for large-scale farms and as a consequence it is only supporting or fostering change for those that produce in reality, a few community crops, you know, on a larger scale, because small farmers are actually producing a large diversity of crops. So that's one of the limitations is that this is tailored for a larger scale, not necessarily for small and mid-sized farms. And maybe a last point on data. With data, you also have the issue, of course, of the ownership of the data and the question of sovereignty, of control. Of course, we need to make sure that these are available and uh, we need to make sure that there is no monopolistic control over the data because the data are key to understand the need to change and to act the change, to understand the problem and to act as we should. 
Publicly shared data sets will help the world access key information and make more informed decisions on sustainability. Part of the challenge here is there's often a lot of data, but it's often very fragmented across thousands of silos and a multitude of data sets. But when you combine that information with the power of AI, we can really transform how decisions about sustainability are made. So one example is Data Commons, which is an initiative from Google, which organizes publicly available data sets and makes it accessible and useful, really showing how bringing these things together can make an impact. So for example, Data Commons can take data sets from, for example, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, combine them by aligning on data on locations and health conditions and data sets so that it can really be useful. And when we combine it with AI, it then becomes not only useful, but accessible. And Data Commons is now harnessing the power of large language models, so LLMs, to create natural language interfaces so that a user can actually just ask simple questions like, what are the sources of greenhouse gas emissions in Germany? Or what is the solar energy consumption in the EU? Or even more complex questions like, how does solar installations correlate with the median income of EU countries? So again, this is where AI can really bring it together and make it useful. The human impact of cities and travel on the environment are major areas to look at. By 2050, the urban population is expected to increase to 68% of the total population, nearly doubling the 4.4 billion people that live in cities today. With burgeoning urbanization comes larger urban land conversions, increased pollution, CO2 emissions, biodiversity loss, and climate change. This means cities have to be built smarter with better informed urban planning to help mitigate some of these issues. Cities are really interesting because cities actually account for around 70% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And they have big ambitions, but often lack the data and the tools to know how to take action. So for example, Project Greenlight, which is a tool developed by Google Research, leverages AI to help cities optimize traffic light thereby reducing emissions, making traffic flow more efficiently. And green light is more actionable and scalable and cost-effective for cities than alternative solutions because it works with existing infrastructure and traffic systems. So city engineers just need to monitor the impact and make tweaks to their system and they can see the real impact. And cities are really struggling with things like extreme temperature changes and poor air qualities. And this is another area where we and uh, technology such as AI can help. So we have a tool called the Environmental Insights Explorer, or EIE for short. It's a solution that helps cities identify areas of opportunity for emission reduction and climate change adaptation projects. With time running out for our planet and for solving some of the biggest climate change and biodiversity issues, the next five years are extremely important. The loss of species seems to be accelerating. I think in five years, the situation will be even worse because it will be progressing the way it is. Right now, if it does progress the way it has for the last couple of centuries, it will be worse than it is today. And right now, we don't really know what to do about it. There are those kinds of activists that say we have to stop everything and we have to prioritize the protection of those species. What I'm always hoping for is to find like a middle way to collect more data or better understand the ecosystem in order to find ways to produce crops and feed the planet while still not harming nature. And I'm not sure yet how this can be done. We are trying to do our little bit 
by collecting data on one species that's kind of like in the middle of it all. That's what I can do. One thing what I feel is like a wrong allocation of resources is like the best people should work on the most pressing issues and the most pressing issues are not necessarily the ones that pay best. That's really unfortunate because when it comes to AI, all the, the workforce is bound in questions that do not concern biodiversity at all. And I would hope that there's more possibilities for companies such as ours to come into existence that are very impact-driven. And I hope that there will be more companies that find business cases in the way of making the world a better place and to apply people from AI in order to collect data and make it usable that has not been there before in order to help us make better decisions to not mess up the planet. With agriculture being the main cause of biodiversity loss, major systemic change is needed over the next half decade. Yeah, well, it's, it's very hard to see any meaningful change in the system in the five years to come because there is no political will for setting the framework that is needed for the change to happen. Because we know that business as usual is everything but a good thing for the farmers because the enemy is not the policy and more environmental policy potentially or climate-related policy, but climate change itself and the biodiversity collapse itself as well. So in the next five years, yeah, big question mark. Also because the policy that is for now influencing farming practices, the so-called common agricultural policy, which is more than 30% of the EU budget, despite its last reform, is still very much driving business as usual and is not driving changes at farm level. So when it comes to artificial intelligence and other technological solutions, they are developing and they will be picked up more and more by farmers. I mean, there is no doubt about that. Regardless of the political framework, they have to adapt to the reality on the ground and on their lands. But without the bigger paradigm change, which itself can only be driven by the right policy framework and the right political will and ambition, it's doubtful that it will provide some benefits on the environment, but not enough to reverse the crisis that the farming sector is faced with. What I'd like to see for the next five years is a bold and uh, ambitious framework on sustainable food system that is really reconnecting production and consumption and looking at the whole chain also with retailers, etc. in between, because it's not just farmers on the, on the one hand and consumers on the other hand, it's all the actors in between that are extremely powerful and uh, relevant also and needs to change and can drive changes as well. So that policy framework is very important. I very much hope that it will be and it should be put forward in the next five years. Technology and AI still has an important part to play in our sustainable future, but we need to scale them up in the coming years. So I've been working in the sustainability space for 20 years, and science is clear. Climate change is an urgent threat to human well-being and the health of our planet. And this really is the decisive decade. So to avert the worst impacts of climate change, science demands that we halve global greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. And I fundamentally believe that technology is a key part of this, and it really is an unlock to many of the solutions that we need. So I'm really excited about the role that technology is playing today and increasingly will over the next five years. 
we're seeing the innovation in technology really leapfrog, and it's critical to the transition we need for a lower carbon future that we both want and need for our planet. We actually commissioned research uh, last year from a group called Implement Consulting, and they specifically looked at the opportunity for technology in helping Europe with its net zero 2050 target. And the research showed that around 20 to 25% of the reductions required will require some form of digital decarbonisation. To put that in perspective, that's the emissions equivalent of France and Germany combined. So what I really hope for is that we really do scale up these technologies. The good news is the technologies and the solutions we need are here today and can already have a really big impact. And really working together across society in partnership with others where we're going to achieve the results that we really need for this low carbon future for our planet. Preserving our planet's delicate ecological balance is vital for a healthy and sustainable ecosystem. David Attenborough said, The natural world shelters and protects us. Despite the overwhelming benefits of a healthy planet, many human actions are destroying biodiversity. It's true, whether it's through pollution, growing urban sprawl or outdated farming practices, we need to do more to correct our mistakes. While AI is not the cure, it can help us understand the symptoms and offer key stakeholders, including farmers, conservationists and politicians, the chance to find solutions. Advanced technology can help develop more powerful tools to tackle climate change and the loss of biodiversity, and using AI can drive faster progress towards the systemic changes the world needs. But collective action is required. And with that, perhaps there is much more we can learn from the humble honeybee. They share learnings with their colony where to go and what to do to survive. If we share the benefits of AI and the data it provides, then there is strength in the human hive. And together, we can save our planet.